0: you're listening to free to be a conversation to help you discover accept and express your authenticity so you can fully experience the freedom to be you I'm your host, Luca Petrucci, and welcome to this safe and affirming space. There's a reason you're here today, and I'm excited for you to bring light to it. I hope this episode meets you where you're at and supports you right now. Hello, and welcome to Free to Be. I'm Luca Petrucci. My pronouns are he, him, his. Today, my friend Mark Fields and I have a very important and vulnerable conversation about pain, something we all experience in life. We talk about the understanding, resilience, freedom, and peace on the other side of pain if we choose to do the hard and intentional work of becoming aware of it, Accepting it and healing from it. We discuss the choice we have to heal from our childhood and adulthood pain and trauma and to transform it into self-acceptance and love instead of transmitting it and hurting those we love and passing it to future generations. We also dive into how to break the cycle of toxic masculinity in our family and how Mark intentionally chooses to be a parent through the lens of unconditional love. Mark's life mission is to remind the world that we are really family and God is much bigger than we've been told in most American churches. Mark and I first connected at our church, New Abbey in Pasadena, California. Now it's in Glendale. And from our first connection, I felt deeply drawn to him because he's a heterosexual man that allows himself to feel and that expresses his emotions and his presence and his human experience was so healing to me. And and really every time we chat, it is because he is A role model that I've desperately needed for years and decades. And I am just so grateful that he has chosen to be on this healing path because it's so supportive to me and I know so many others. Mark's been a part of Christian Community Development Association organizations. Latino church developments, black megachurches, white megachurches, parachurch ministries, as well as foreign and domestic missions organizations. He realized that there are many harmful understandings of God being communicated in the world. Yes! Many of the places people are going to encounter the peace and acceptance of God have been hallmarks of rejection, discrimination, and exile. Mm. (laughs) Do I freaking know that? Mark started the Kinship Collective to be a part of reminding the world that God is good. We are good. And anything that doesn't feel or point to that image of God goodness is simply missing the point. He believes when we are oriented by these truths, we can experience the world as family in ways we've always wanted and needed. Mark enjoys speaking, success coaching, and diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting. He's journeyed with his partner, Karen Fields, for 15 years. She is also an angel of a human. I love them both so much. And they have three incredible daughters. Mark is such a role model to me. And I'm so excited for you to meet him or connect in a deeper way with him through our conversation. Mark, thank you so much for for being with me this morning. I have been looking forward for this conversation. Even before I asked you to be on this podcast, I just... you and I, like sitting down and just having a an um, intentional long chat like this has been in the making for for mm. for a year or so, so just thank you for being yeah, here yeah
1: I'm so grateful to be here. I think like i I appreciate who you are and how you show up for people, so I think that you know you're a, you're a beacon of light, you're a beacon of hospitality, welcoming people into conversations like these, so i i'm a I'm glad I get to be a part of this thing that will help people. I can embrace themselves and be a part of conversations with themselves and however like i think i can connect people to you luca i think is a beautiful thing i think it's that's time well spent and like healing more healing more love more hospitality more unity and less othering i'm here for all that luke for sure
0: Mm. So you just, just th- this, this podcast, the reason why I'm doing it is because it started within, you know, over the last for sure two years, but I think about the last seven years since I came out to my mom as a queer man, like that just unlocked, <laughs> unlocked a, a part of me that I, that, that, that I othered mm. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, the, this authentic um, self of mind that I put at a not even an arm's distance length, probably like fucking yeah. 10 miles oh, yeah. away from yeah. me. And it, it was such such an other. Mm-hmm. And w- what I just really want, want to talk about, and, and one of my first few times hearing you mention something, you, you shared this. And I just see how just everything is integration. So mm. I didn't want to accept my authentic queer unique, childlike self, um, gosh, for so many reasons, but a big reason is I thought that it would be very, very, very painful. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you know, because the only examples I saw other people accepting their queer selves, you know, one of my, my, my friends, his father, um, never accepted him in his lifetime. And he actually passed committed suicide. And I, which is, I, I just, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, actually I sort of can, but I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside for a second. But, but you know, that was an example that I was seeing in his whole life. His dad, you know, didn't, didn't want him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another family friend that, um, I, I knew in this small community I grew up in, um, was always gay Gary. So it was always a joke. So just like, I just saw like, you know, I, the, the, the people that meant most to me, my, my, my family, I I wanted them to accept me. I wanted to be taken seriously. So I chose, you know what? That seems too painful. So I want to say no to it. Mm -hmm. Now with that pain, I remember we were at, um, the church we go to new Abbey we were at like this fireside chat and you raised your hand. And I don't know if you remember saying this, but I will never forget it. and, And you said, isn't it interesting how all the people that we like aspire to be and look up to the, the the greatest spiritual leaders that ever walk this earth one thing that they all have in common is that they've experienced deep pain mm. Mm. And why is it that each of us do everything to not experience deep pain when all these people that we're, we're looking to, like, that's the path to freedom, to resiliency, to out of, to to kindness, to understanding?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I Well, as soon as you say that, it just makes me think about whoever told you that. Like, where do we ever hear a message that like, Yeah, it's funny because I I think about there are certain spiritual traditions that would say, like, the way up is down. But outside of that, all the messages are just like up and to the right. More money, more education, more freedom, more nice things, more, 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 more. And nobody's ever saying, like, no, there's going to be pain. Like, it takes pain to get that. So I, I just think that, of course, like, we don't think about pain as a pathway, to transformation. It's almost like we, we want transformation without pain. We want new things without anything painful. Um, I'll give you my 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I want to enjoy that kind of too, but I'm willing to do it. You give me the paycheck and I just want to like have things without pain. So I just don't think we don't talk about pain like that. Like I, I I'm a father, a uh, partner, And within my partnership, you know, we've had plenty of painful experiences with my children, plenty of painful experiences where my immaturity or who I am has caused pain um, or the ways that I've become to be or I've adapted or the ways that my story has like told me um, or has informed me because we all have our, our choice. We all are free to be, but we all are bound to our story, our DNA. And there's there's but we all have opportunity to transform. But it's not like we have these. Intentional conversations about how pain gets us there. We want to do everything we can to like create create the uh, your your retirement account and do everything you can so you experience as little pain as possible. But I think the people who really are making the most transformation in the world, I wouldn't say like you have to experience terrible traumatic pain. But I think when we can embrace pain, like for me, some of the people who are most inspiring to me. They embraced pain and they chose to put themselves. I think about Martin Luther King Jr. who got his PhD from Boston university and had plenty of job opportunities in the North and decided to move to Alabama to the heart of where the Ku Klux Klan was creating problems so that he could create reconciliation or try to combat that. That was a choice. He chose pain. That was not easy for him or his wife or his children. Their beds were on the floor below the windows. They didn't sit up on beds where like bullets could come through, nor did anybody else meaningful in that movement. So for me, I just think about that choosing pain. And I don't know, it's it's not something we're conditioned to do. We don't think about that. Like, honestly, we want to do everything we can to, like, insulate ourselves from pain.
0: Mm. Gosh, I'm just I'm getting emotional as you're sharing all of this, Mark, because it just like deeply resonates with me. And it's just where I'm at in my life right now. The last three months have been like so painful. And mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like I, I've been like such an emotional roller coaster. And I'm in like career transition, home transition, mm-hmm. relationship transition. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to put boundaries on relationships that have been in my life for 29 years. And it's fucking hard and like it's just it's gosh it's if you're present enough to hear the whispers and the wisdom like and the guidance it's around you Mm -hmm. so like gosh just this this the day that we're having this conversation i need to share something else because and then i want to dive into just like some experiences of pain and, and and going through it, what was on the other side, but, but before that, so a good friend of mine, her name's Lexi Bates. I I know she'll listen to this. (laughs) Um, She sent me a podcast a couple days ago, and it's a podcast um, on Oprah's super soul Sunday with Glennon Doyle. Mm. I'll put it in the show notes. Amazing. Um, And it talks about pain. Mm -hmm. It talks about how, like, you know, Glennon shares how she was in this happy relationship to learn that her husband was cheating on her since the beginning. You know, she talks about how she um, suffered from addiction, from from bulimia, and like all these, th- these painful things. And through that was all the, this discovery. And that's how she learned that she was resilient. And that's how she learned that, you know, her authentic self was queer. All these things, but just the whole time, this 42-minute podcast highlighted Pain. Exactly what you said at the beginning of this conversation, like those painful conversations about pain are not talked about this podcast talked about Mm -hmm. right after that. I just journaled. I journaled like two pages of just painful experiences that, that I went through, what they were like and what was on the other side. And, and then this, this conversation that you and I had planned today, you know, and just you sharing all of this and then me remembering, oh yeah, I remember when we were at that thing for our new Abbey church and you mentioned mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's just like, I, I just was getting emotional. Cause I'm like, gosh, like all the wisdom is out there. If we're just present enough to ask for it. And this morning I was like on my walk, I was like, God, I'm calling all my angels to guide me today, mm. to protect <laughs> me. And I'm like, I feel so protected.
1: Mm. That's really good. I think too, Luca, like one of the things that I, I would want to like stop us and say, like, this isn't like the pain Olympics either. Like we're not like uh, celebrating trauma. We're not trying to be like, oh man, pain is so good. Like you should, and you know, like harm yourself and put yourself in like pain's way for the sake of pain, like pain for the sake of pain. Isn't, you can grow from that, but I'm, many of the pains, sometimes like when we talk about MLK, like he knew that pain was in that choice, but he moved down there. It wasn't just to experience pain just for his wife to answer the phone to numerous death threats, to get these death letters, to constantly be like trying to protect your children. Like we don't choose pain for the sake of pain. And so we're not celebrating like the ways that, um, you may have experienced, you know, we we I'm not you know, I'm not sure if this is part of our conversation so far, if this is before the conversation, but about the the kind of painful things we can experience in our homes or the traumas that we can hold that our bodies still hold. So I just want to be clear and say, like, we are not saying, like, go rack up the pain and then you're just going to become the best version of yourself because pain in itself is just pain. There is a there is there's ways for us to grow through and to be transformed even by our deepest trauma, but we are not celebrating that right now.
0: Mm, Thank you so much for pointing that out, you know, because yeah, yeah, you you said it, you said it exactly how I I would want to say it. And as you were saying that, you know, I think about, so right now I'm in in Fresno, California. I grew up in Madera, 30 minutes away, Northern Central Valley of the state of California. Mm -hmm. And I, I, for almost a month, um, I do a lot of speaking and coaching and supporting students to express themselves, to love themselves, to just be themselves. Mm. And I went on like, uh, like about to maybe 15 to 20 different elementary and middle school campuses. Come on. And the reason why I went there is I, I I was choosing the cause. Like I I was choosing to go there because I want to be the role model that I wish I had during some of the hardest times. And painful times nice. of my life yes. and that's what why why i chose to go there and just be with them and just you know chat with 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 it was just so cool some of the, the boys were just so <laughs> like a few of them were drawn to me and just asking me all these questions and i was like you know just yeah let's just chat about i don't know the latest movie that came out or tiktok yeah. Uh, yeah. but by choosing that mark gosh I don't remember the last time that I experienced so much direct toxic masculinity, microaggressions, homophobia, Mm -hmm. you know, and like I was holding it in my body. I was telling myself, no, Luca, you know, you're strong, you're resilient. And I wasn't giving space for all of that, that my body was taking in after I was on those campus for almost a month. Something just hit me and I just was so sad and I just felt like my emotions were suppressed mm-hmm. and I became depressed, you know? So I, I, just love that. Cause like now, now reflecting back on this experience and that's why I believe journaling therapy, talking to a friend, mm-hmm. um, off, uh, honestly is important because I'm just, you know, processing, the, processing this even more being like, wow, I chose it for this cause that I believe in that resonates with me. And by doing that, yeah, I, I, I experience pain. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Luca, to me, I remember um, I do, I've done some different, I do diversity, inclusion, belonging, trainings, um, and usually in like religious spaces. And for me, like when I walk into a room and I can feel like the opposition, like it takes so much energy for me to like get up for that moment, um, knowing that there's going to be like resistance To ideas for me that are just liberating filled with love and hope and faith and that lead to a better future not just for us and for our ability to relate and enjoy our time here but for our children and their children hopefully but i would walk into those meetings like i would have to get myself up emotionally for those meetings and then i would have to like on the back end i would feel so drained so when i hear you say like You're going to campus, campus, campus. Like, I don't know the rhythm of that, but I just can imagine your body being like the come up, like, okay, we're going to embrace, there's going to be resistance here. And then walking into the space, feeling the beauty of being with like certain kids who are super receptive, also feeling the micro, the, the microaggressions and some of the energy of people who maybe weren't as receptive. And then the energy of like coming down from that or whatever you would feel amounts of rejection. This is like, maybe this is even putting more names to pain and there are different pain marks and pain points for different kinds of people. Some people it's like, that didn't go the way, you know, I would imagine like success can be a pain point. There's like a shame factor, uh, rejection that is tied to like some of our deeper pains, like some of our really formational wounds, which would be like, it's just like, they're like tugging on these like heartstrings inside of us that are still there's scar tissue there. They might be fully, they're still inviting us to deeper healing that will always, like for me, I think about like the spiral staircase or some of the different like spiritual direction or um, conversations around, yo, you're going to keep coming back to these base notes of things that this is a space for you that will always be an invitation to transformation. But like, I'm just imagining you're putting yourself in these spaces where those, those heartstrings are getting just pulled. I'm, and now I'm hearing like the bells from Notre Dame, the Notre Dame, just like bang, bang, like, and they're yanking on these deep, deep wounds, but they also are inviting you to say like, huh, what's going on here? Like this kid that I don't know, or this teacher that I don't know is kind of making me feel a certain way. That reminds me of how that person made me feel. And it's still inviting mm. you to be like, no, 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 but I get to be me now. Like I'm, and it's not just about being strong enough to endure it, but there's still, like, it's transforming, like, what is happening. Like, you're seeing it differently now. So you can say, like, yeah, you don't, you don't internalize that as something, like, wrong with you anymore. Like, imagine if it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. All that would be interpreted like something's wrong with me. And now you can say, oh, mm. man, you're, you're not there yet. And it's not that something's mm. wrong with you. It's, this is the reality you live in. That's not going to lead to more love and hope and a more beautiful future, but it's not, it's not something wrong with me that I have to internalize.
0: Yeah. Okay. There a few things that you said, and I want you to explain this a little more, sort of the, the spiral staircase. Yes. And if you could explain it with just a, an example from your life, you know, you were talking about how it goes back to just wounds when we were younger, yep. you know, and as you were mm-hmm. sharing that, I'm like, I know exactly what it goes back to. So if you could explain that a little yeah. more, I, I I understand what you mean, but just that listeners could, mm-hmm. and just with, with an example. Yeah.
1: My my One of my deepest formational experiences was that my father wasn't as present as I needed him to be when I was a child. So my, his relationship with my mom was very complicated, and they pretty much split when I was five. He kind of participated as he wanted from the time I was five until now. He, he still just kind of doesn't really participate, um, which is awkward because there are ways that like now I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm parenting you in your old age better than you parented me when I desperately needed you as a child. That's that feels disorienting and not fair. But for me, that that wound of my father not being there is translated to me feeling inadequate because if I was if I was better, maybe he would have stayed around or which is like that's how kids interpret the data, though. You know, that has that's definitely not true. But my body, my spirit, my soul kind of like held that, interpreted it that way. But that's the invitation to transformation is always like transforming that narrative because it was never that I wasn't enough, but that, but the memory is still there as like inadequate. I'm alone and I'm powerless. Like I can't do anything to change. Not just him not being here. I can't change my family's financial situation because of him not being here. I can't change like how I experience the world. And so those deep wounds in moments when I feel inadequate, it's like ringing that bell. And the deepest, like the, the most, the deepest internally deep Connection to that inadequacy is like the rejection that I felt from my father, and the, the, the and the complicated thing is that if I talked to my father today and we had a conversation and we brought him on here, he would say like oh, he's so proud of me and he loved me so much. Even then, he was giving the best that he thought he could give, but for me, that was the message I internalized from his the way that that I experienced that was rejection and inadequacy. So in moments when i feel alone or inadequate or powerless then i i tend to try and grasp for control so if i'm reacting to that moment i want to grasp for control and try to assert myself no i have power no i am enough um i'm not alone there's a there's a really healthy way to do that if i sense myself spiraling and that's like okay you know normally when i feel powerless i might raise my voice to try to assert power and make you know, my daughter do what I want her to do in this moment, which is really about me. And it's not about her or helping her become the best human she can be. But today I remember that, like, I am more than powerful. Like there's enough power and like power doesn't have to look loud. Power honestly looks like meekness and kindness and love and, an ability to like the true power is the ability to feel a wave of emotion that is reactive to this, this deepest pain in my life, to hold that. And then to to act differently, to, to say, no, 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 but I am kind and I'm loving and these are my babies and I will be a beautiful example for them. And then to translate that, right? There's transformation of that pain. So in this moment, I choose that and then to act from that space. So those are like the, that, that deep wound in me. And the spiral staircase idea is that you'll keep coming back. There's gonna be different ways you feel inadequate. Luca, as you continue to grow, whatever those deeper wounds, those deeper pains are for you, As you grow and your influence grows and you get more settled and when you get married, or should you want to do that, right? As long as like, as far as you go. Come on, come on. His number is uh, 818, just kidding. (laughs) As you grow, like you're going to keep hitting the same, those same bells and it's going to ring differently because it's a different trigger initiating it. So if it's rejection or that fear, whatever the thing is, it's just going to look different as you keep growing in life and climbing and transforming at different levels. So that's kind of what that means in general. And that's what it really means, like, very specifically for me. I really appreciate that question to help clarify.
0: Gosh, I mean, I, I so <laughs> appreciate me thinking of asking it and you answering it because i'm like damn like so much came up and so on um i have two computer monitors right here on my main one i'm going to read you a declaration i created last thursday Mm -hmm. with a friend Mm -hmm. and it goes exactly to what you're saying because growing up my mom did the best, shared so much love with me. Like my mom and I were so close. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad, the other hand, had a very complicated relationship, was present without being present for many years. Mm-hmm. And I would just walk home, step into my home from age, probably in the womb to 16, 17. And the norm was aggression was yelling was emotional abuse was verbal abuse Mm. and um I'm just recently realizing like that's not normal you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like that that's not normal Mm -hmm. and like just realizing oh my gosh I had so many friends and family around me and they would let me go there like my even like you know I've had to like forgive my mom too and be like mom you would let me go with this environment you know and like this is something that sort of comes back and I'm constantly um Healing from it is finding safety and love outwardly and like needing that to be okay. And I love what you said about power because yeah, like I was taught that power means like mm, like powerful, like macho man, yeah. like I'm flexing, yep, like yep. I'm a king, like I'm mm, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm learning like power can be so so silent. And this this declaration I just created um for a different reason and everything's freaking connected Mm -hmm. so it's i have the power to create unconditional love and safety for myself
1: Mm -hmm. come on
0: and and this last week i tried it on so many times you know um and it's hard for me to believe at times and i'm like you know what yeah luke it makes sense that it's hard for you to believe because you had a different um pattern or inherited belief running in your mind thousands, hundreds of thousands of times that, you know, you get that unconditional love and safety from your mom, from your grandparents, from a priest, from a teacher, from a partner. And like, yes, I I want that unconditional love and safety for them, but I know it starts in here. Mm -hmm. And like today, like I, um, I'm staying, which I'm so grateful for. I'm staying with my mom and, um, her husband, Greg as I'm in living this nomadic life and Greg comes back today and there's just something like it's totally a me Mm -hmm. thing, but just him being, you know, sort of in a fatherly role, Mm -hmm. being in a relationship with my mom. Um, there's just some like anxiety that comes around that because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I remember for 18 years. Um, my parents were only were together 13 years, but for sure 13 years, like just having a very, um, not feeling safe in that environment so today i'm repeating so many times like i have the power to create unconditional love and safety like i'm Mm -hmm. not going to seek it from greg like i'm not going to put those expectations on him Mm -hmm. that like you know it's not up to me to put expectations because Mm -hmm. then it puts him in this jail cell of all these expectations and 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 i I distance him and and then he falls and i put him on this pedestal So I just, I love that you said that because it's just like, it's, it's the spiral. And yep. now I'm aware of mm-hmm. it. And I feel like that awareness is just part of my transformation. Yeah.
1: So, so when you say that two things come up for me, one is that that's exactly when we say, you know, that ringing that bell, that kind of deep bell. So Greg is kind of in this, he's related to your mother in a similar way that your father was Right. They're, they're married, mm-hmm. they're together. So just his mere presence is ringing that bell of like that that dad, complicated relationship, pain, wound. Just Greg's existence kind of rings that bell. So the, the angst that you feel in him coming back, it's like your body, your mind, your memory connected to all of the pain with your father. It's just like kind of projected onto Greg, like you're saying. So there's that piece of things. That's what we mean when we say like that bell ringing. So in a relationship, if your trust was betrayed by somebody because they, I don't know, they told you they were going to in and out, they ended up going to, you know, they're with somebody else. So there's some breach of trust. Then the next time, you know, anytime you hear in and out or whatever, there can be an association to that breach of trust that can kind of ignite that pain wounds or whatever. Just for example, so obviously like a father role kind of person in your life is very clearly associated to that pain of your past. There's one thing. The second thing that I think that came up for me when you were sharing is maturity and Mm. with so much time um, and not to get like too technical or whatever, but in the United States, I just had a conversation this morning with folks where about the expectations we have for different people at different ages and adolescence was really a concept that we created to give people space to become and it started very young it was a two-year window I think it was like 14 to 16 or 16 to 18 something like that now that window for us is like anywhere it could be as early as like nine where some young ladies are like experiencing adolescence the hormones of what puberty and what that means for them to to 32 which we call emerging adults But when we choose to say like, no, 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 my peace and my power isn't contingent on someone else's. When we can begin to create the system or the the structure of the thing we need, we do need people around us who can be loving. We need to experience, because no one else, no one else can say like, I know that. Like you can't know that you're not rejected. You can hold yourself and not reject yourself. But we do need people who we like, vulnerably offer the really scary truth that can invite them to rejection and for them to say, no, 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 I see you and I know you and I love you. Mm. That is an extraordinary gift that only someone else can give us. Because for a lot of us, we hold that in and hide it. Like, no, they couldn't accept me. They couldn't accept this about me. They couldn't accept that. And then we never experience that. So that's a very unique gift only someone else can give. But I do think maturity is that the 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 journey of being the one who I will give that and sometimes people may not give that to me in the ways that I need it but I will be a kind of person that gives that to others when they need it and I will start with giving it to myself so I just heard that maturity that's the difference of like being a child right who needs to be fed and cared for by your parents or others And then that wonky journey of, like, learning to figure it out, buy your own toilet paper, figure your budget out, like, get your heart broken, break someone else's heart, not intentionally, just figuring out that different people fit together in different ways, blah, blah, blah. But then there's, like, you can come to this space where it's like, no, 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 I'm the one who gives this. I can give this to others. Not always on the receiving end of that or looking to others to kind of, like, do that. And I don't say that from a place of just like, man, I got it all figured out. Like I'm thinking of the ways that I know like in my internal wounds where many times I'm looking for an older male figure to become like this mentor who's going to like do the fill in, stand in affirmation role to tell me you are my beloved son and I will always be proud of you. Mm -hmm. God has given me that, I believe. So I hold that. But I also like what you're talking about is this this practice of reminding yourself of what is most true. And so you're saying, no, no, no. I have the power to give this to myself. I have given this to myself. I love myself unconditionally. I'm not going to reject myself. I'm going to hold myself tenderly and not be like aggressive to myself with my expectations of myself. So those are two things that maturity peace, And then the association that we have, that's exactly what we're talking about when we say like those, those, those wounds, those, those heart cords that get pulled.
0: Mm, Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting. You know, I look back at like the seven years of my life as like, you know, I, I I always go back to like the seven, seven years because that's the first time I really remember um, making a choice that was different than, all the people around me that was very authentic to me, which accepting that I was queer Mm -hmm. and just seeing that journey, how in order to do that, I was surrounded by a community of unconditional love people, just quirky, unique, all these Mm -hmm. different ways of living. Mm -hmm. It's why I interned at Disneyland for eight months and I saw this and Mm -hmm. it was my first time outside of just my little bubble of a conservative farm town. Um, (laughs) and i was like whoa i was like whoa 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 like representation is so important mm-hmm. on this journey mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for all the communities, I think about, you know, living in LA for four years, the community that I made through Lululemon, through Cycle Bar, through friends, through New Abbey, mm-hmm. like all these communities. I did an online year-long coaching program through Light Year Leadership. All these communities that would tell me things like, "Luca, you your light is as bright as the sun. Like you're a beacon of light. Mm-hmm. Like your uniqueness is why I love you. Like hearing it so many." times, um, you know, now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, like I, 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 I have those communities still. And I'm to this point where like, okay, I, I can affirm myself and just the importance of like, of both, you know, of uh, cause I, that, that representation, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for all those mentors and those people that like, like what you just said about someone a little older than you, that's a male telling, you know, just affirming you, like I've, I've had to intentionally seek out and it's been really hard to find certain mentors yeah, yeah. and I'm excited. Like, that's the reason why I'm having this conversation. I, I you know, and you're having the conversation with a kinship collective. Like I just love how many people are using their authentic expression and voice in a unique way. So for the youth, they don't have to like search so hard to find the person they want that, 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 resembles mm-hmm. them to, to, affirm them, yes, you know,
1: for sure. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that too like I think about the reality that that some kids right like many kids are still experiencing when we talk about pain um and we I was having this conversation I think with Karen, my partner, and um I was talking about like this is literally when we talk about we're gonna transform our pain or we're gonna transmit it, and I think that that's a you know i i think i don't know if that's Mother Teresa it might be hindu or buddhist or some thought but
0: can you repeat that
1: if we don't transform our pain then we will transmit our pain and i think i was thinking about some of the ideas like we hear about like a generational curse my quote fingers going up or the ways that but really i think what's being communicated is these wounds and traumas get passed down like you said your father experienced a certain type of fatherhood and he passed that on to you It was not helpful for you, just like it wasn't helpful for him, but it was, it was the paradigm, the framework of what it meant to like be a man or to like exert power or to like deal with pain or to like not deal with pain to just like put all the like be really loud and get all the attention out here. So nobody like really feels what's happening in my heart. And for me with this conversation with Karen was like, yeah, like this is what happened Luca. All right. I'm telling on myself. So my daughter, she was having like a, a, a tween age moment. And I'm so embarrassed by this. And she was like very much resisting, like something I wanted her to do. And for me in the house that I grew up in, like there was a lot of yelling, like, because my mom is running, she's a single mom. She's going to school, she's working, blah, blah. blah. So she's just grasping for control herself. She's reacting to the Mm -hmm. moment all around her. And so when things get a little bit out of hand, it's just like, well, we're going to turn to like violence, whether that's with like, the objects and the booties and the stuff like that, or it's like the loud, you know, the the voice really grasping for control. So in this moment, Karen's at work and it's me with my girls and my oldest daughter is feeling things and trying to exert herself. And I'm just like kind of coming to the end of my patience rope. And one of the harmful things that I would say is like, no, I'm not yelling. Like I'm raising my voice, but like, If I were yelling, then you would know I'm yelling because I've heard yelling at me and blah, blah, blah. You're looking at me kind of like the way Karen would look at me was like, it doesn't matter what you think you're doing. Like they're telling you how they're experiencing what you're doing.
0: So, Mm.
1: but this time she's resisting me and I'm like, no. And I, and I actually not like full blast yell, but I'm like, no, look at me. And it's stern, and then she like looks at me, and she starts crying. And in this moment, I'm feeling like so ashamed, I'm feeling like hurt. I don't want to hurt her. I'm trying to, you know, really wrangle in the situation that was happening. But in that moment, I realized, Luca, that like I felt inadequate, I felt alone and I felt powerless. And when I yelled, I put that all on her. And in that moment, she felt alone. Luca, I'm getting emotional. She felt alone Mm. and she felt inadequate and she felt powerless because her daddy, in that moment, like I'm supposed to take that. Like I'm feeling these emotions, that's mine to carry and to hold and to transform Mm. so that I don't put those pain points, those pain triggers onto my babies. And it was like the, the, the deepest lesson I think that I've felt around that so far around like, if I'm not doing my work to transform it. And I think about like San Chi or like any kind of like, I think about that Disney movie where it's like, take that energy and transform it and maybe put it out. And I just want, I want love for them. Right. I'm me and I carry all the things that I carry. So I'm not always going to do it right. But in that moment, I knew I literally just transmitted the pain i was feeling onto her and i can never take that back but i will learn from that moment and do my very best to not ever let that kind of thing happen again so that's kind of what i mean by that
0: mark thank you for, for just gosh sharing from your heart and just being so self-aware oh my gosh that I mean, you sharing that to me is like healing. It's healing to my inner child. Like, it's just, gosh, thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You're welcome. And I think that, yeah, as a, I want to just move on and like explain more, but I'm just going to hold that moment. And I think what's really important, like when I grew up, I didn't hear, um, I didn't hear apologies a lot. You know, I probably, you know. And when I talk to people around me, we didn't, our parents didn't tell us like they were sorry or that like they were wrong. And so for me, one of the points of like that of growth in this kind of like generation of parenting. And I'm looking ahead cause I'm imagining my daughters will get it a little bit better than me where I apologize so often. And I just, I make it my business to make sure to validate their emotions. Like, their emotions are valid, whether I validate them or not. But as a as their parent figure, as their father, like I'm affirming that last night I had a different kind of conversation and my daughter felt really embarrassed because, um, you know, she dropped something that was really expensive and it wasn't ours. We were borrowing it and and I wasn't, you know, and then she felt like this, like backlash of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So she felt triggered in that. And I wanted her to know that, like, hey, baby, like you're worth so much more than that thing. But I said, look, I can see how you felt that way. And I just want you to know you're more important than that. But I, I was trying to just validate her emotions and say, like, you were right. You are right in what you're feeling and you are right. And so for me, I, I'm making my business say you are right. And like, I'm so sorry. I was wrong in the way that I did that. But 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 to me also the true transformation and true. um a change in behavior is like the, the thing that she needs most from me is the work that I do so that it doesn't happen again. So that's, yeah, that's, that's comes up for me also.
0: Gosh. I mean, just, gosh, thanks for sharing such like a, a fresh bagel of your life that just, you know, just, just happened. And, and like, as you're sharing this, like, I just, I, I, I feel yeah, I just, I I feel something deeply right now. I'm just like, you know, I, 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 I and, and like, we're talking a lot about pain and obviously that's something like, you know, you chose to be her father. You chose to, you know, and this pain experience. So like what, and if you're open to sharing this, like what is, and you say it a couple of things, but like, what are you learning or seeing now? Like through this?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think for me, back to, um, there's a couple of things that stand out. The first thing was really like, this is what it looks like to transmit it. So a lot of times we talk about like these big ideas and it's like, oh, you know, generational, blah, blah, blah. And, and really like for me, that used to mean just like, oh, they did it, so I do it. But the gap in between is like, oh, my my dad was kind of like, didn't really highly value my mom. He had multiple relationships with multiple women and did whatever the heck he wanted. Somehow, even in his absence, not that I obviously like he removed that image that would give me imagination for treating women that way or whatever. But somehow. That translates. I'm still seeing that image even in his absence because he's choosing how he wanted to participate in the family. So that image I did feel, and I did observe whether I could articulate it or not. So for me, I think about like, a lot of times we don't get that language for in between. So it's not ever made really clear or particular what we're actually talking about or what the images we're actually internalizing are. So when you talked about like, you know, having friends who've experienced pain because of their queer identity, friends who have chosen not to live anymore because of their queer identity and the pain that they felt from the people who they expected needed to be loved and validated and affirmed by. And I paused because this, this is, this is not an outlier. This is humongous. I mean, I don't know the numbers offhand please inform us. I mean, I do please inform us. I
0: do, you know, 1.8 million queer youth seriously contemplate committing suicide, uh, every year. That's one every 45 seconds, you know, that's, and it's, it's it, the, the, the numbers are this year, you know, and also I say this a lot on this podcast. I'm going to say it again and then I'll, I'll take it back to you. But acceptance from one adult decreases the risk of, uh, queer youth, human of committing suicide by 40%. So if they just have one person in their corner saying, I affirm you, the more I learn about you, the more I love you decreases that by 40%. Almost, It's it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So this is, I'm just thinking about, so people, you know, harming themselves because they didn't, have that image or they don't have language and somebody coming in and filling in a gap that they didn't even know they needed that much changes the trajectory of that. But I, I, so back to thinking about like the particulars. So for me, I learned about the particulars of what's happening in me through therapy and self-understanding awareness practices. Like for me, reading books, journaling regularly, but therapy really for me, gave me language for like, these are my deeper wounds. This is what's really coming up in me. And so, but then that therapy gave me that particular language. And then this moment of failure with my daughter helped me understand what is actually happening. And that actually gave me motivation for more transformation. Because of course I don't want to literally hand on a platter my wounds onto her. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a huge learning. I mean, and a huge motivating factor. Because the greatest gift that I can give her, really, is a transformed father who does that. I mean, that was the only time I really, like, yelled. Um, which is so funny. That's me grasping for, like, respect. Because, like, in my own heart, there's just so much shame attached to that moment. Um, but it it's that motivating factor to say, like, no, a transformed being is the best thing I can give them. And so that those kinds of things don't happen. And what I'm transmitting to them is self-acceptance and love and celebrating themselves and celebrating the quirky things about themselves, constantly trying to be in their corner so that they can learn to do that for themselves throughout adolescence and become a person who says, no, I have the power and I give myself unconditional love.
0: Mm. Mark, I have a question and maybe like a clarification. So you were talking about like this in-between space yeah. and just so, so I'm clear and, and people are listening clear. So like there's, there's your experience as a child, like with your dad as the example, yeah, like you were mm-hmm. sharing. And then that's on one side of the in-between. And then the other side of the in-between is, is you doing something that's similar to what your dad did to, you know your children and, 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 and the, the in-between space. Is that sort of for you? Like the pause of like, Oh my goodness. Like I see that this is happening. Why is it happening? What am I learning? Is that what you meant by in-between? Yeah.
1: No, I, I wasn't thinking about like a, um, um, like a time continuum or like a transition from one thing to the next thing. I, I guess I'm thinking about, a lot of times when we we hear these beautiful quotes we read a beautiful quote on instagram twitter wherever and you're like oh that's so good but it's never really contextualized for what it actually means for you it resonates very deeply very quickly but we never like do work around it so we understand what that means for me and so mm. you know for you when you th- you start this guy welcomes his guests into this space And does like the young Pueblo activity with them. He's affirming me. We read this thing. And it really like, he reads me this quote, this Dr. Luca over here about enjoying this present moment that you worked for. You've worked for this moment you wanted. Enjoy it. Like really embrace it. It's a really beautiful quote. But to me, when I internalize that, there's a couple things that really mean something very specifically to me. One is to enjoy this moment. Don't get so far ahead. Don't keep like you're behind. You'll always be behind schedule in your mind. Right. And, and Twitter and Instagram and your bank account's always going to be like, you're behind, you're behind, you're behind, you're behind, catch up, catch up. Everything we see is based on making us feel that way. So we'll buy and do the things people want us to do. But it's really like, just enjoy this moment. Like you literally did work for this moment. And the other very specific invitation for me is don't forget. It takes work to get to what you want. And it's not just, it's not just how gifted you are. It's not just like going to come, not just the relationships, like keep working hard. So that very like universal, meaningful quote for me, when I, when I not just deconstruct it, but there are two very specific things for me in that. And a lot of times we don't do the work to get to the specificity or like, this is what it is for me. And I think like when we think about trauma, if we don't have a therapeutic relationship, all the things that happen to us, whether that is, I mean, there's so many different kinds of things we experience as children or as people, and we never do the work to really understand what happened to us, understand what kinds of heartstrings that left in us that get pulled all the time. We just get triggered and react. But the way to transformation is to say, oh, man, that person did this or I felt this or I did this to that person. We do that work with someone we trust who skilled therapists are very skilled at this. Some spiritual directors are very skilled at this. Some pastors are skilled at this. Some are not. They can be much more harmful. But you do that work to really get to your own specificity of what it is for you And then you can become self-aware in moments. So that's the in-between is really this gap of self-awareness. Or else it's just like you're traumatized, you feel a trigger, you react to the trigger, and it's really reactive. You're not making a proactive, intentional decision about what you're doing with that. You're just trying to protect yourself. So you're trying to cope with food or sex or alcohol or whatever, or adrenaline or working out or more relationships or more, it's just like, and that, and, and that's like, there's no judgment to that. My invitation is just like, if we can do the work to articulate and understand, okay, what happened to me here? And why is that setting me off here? And what can I do about that now here? What can I do differently here? And what is most true here? And then make a proactive, intentional decision forward versus like a reactive. And this is why we have like 35 year olds, 40 year olds who are just like, reacting like children at the bar or in a relationship or on the job and you're like what is happening and it's and that's okay like no you're coping with your reality but i would invite you to like find a good therapist a good friend a good someone Mm. who can skillfully Mm. help you articulate
0: yeah yeah, um, I definitely. I, I love how how, how you are letting the the quote in this young pueblo book, "Clarity and Connection." Um, how you are letting it resonate with you and finding that specificity. Um, I, I, I just want i want to I want to read it, read read this because I just I, I I love. Okay, here it is. Happiness is being able to enjoy the things you worked for, without slipping into thinking about what is missing. Or what you want next. Mm. And I just... I I, I, I I love how we each have such a different human experience and um, understanding and expression. Because for me, when I read that, I substitute the word happiness is freedom mm. and that's like a big reason this whole podcast exists is just to be f- so free that you're present to the miracle that's happening now mm. like i'm just so you know it, I, I hope someone is impacted by this conversation <laughs> and if no one is i know that i'm fucking, like, so impacted yeah. by it you know and just like being present to that and like what you were gosh you, were, you said so many things but one thing that like you know i want to share with listeners if they're like okay you know i'm i'm, I'm realizing moments in my life where I feel very uncomfortable and reactionary and like, I want to raise my Mm -hmm. voice or I want to push it under the rug or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like something that's been so supportive for me is like, a life coach therapy for sure. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing now, like I have my journal right here. And in those moments, instead of asking, gosh, why, why is my mom acting this way? Or, or why did she do this or he do that? Or, or why is my aunt not accepted? Or whatever, yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, what am I learning in this moment? Mm-hmm. And why is it so freaking triggering and making me sweat and making me want to run away, like wh- whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And through the pen to paper and like giving myself the time with my phone on do not disturb Mm -hmm. being quiet. Um, it's just incredible what you can identify. And that's, you know, somebody listening that's like, you know, what what, what do I do next? I mean, I, I would totally recommend that. Journaling was very, very uncomfortable until I continued to do it and just be there. And some days I wrote a sentence. Some days it was a six-page letter mm-hmm. to a family mm-hmm. member, you know, and just through the pause. Like, you know, I, I, I'm starting to acquire meditation back again, and it's just I'm learning that that Every experience is just information. Mm. It's just information to transform. Mm-hmm. Like 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 what you were saying, mm. you know, because I think about like a specific experience with a family member and what I did in the moment is I ran away from a hard situation because I didn't want, you know, I thought I would experience more pain or I thought about all the things that went wrong. And I ran away from it. And I'm like, gosh, why did I run away? Why could I just said what I wanted to say? Sort of beat myself up. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what, Luca, no, give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Personal transformation, a part of it is this self-awareness. And I'm like, you know what? Awesome. I'm learning. Next time something that happens like this, I'm going to try to do better. If I do, great. If it doesn't, like, I just, I'm glad that I have that awareness Mm -hmm. because eventually when I raise little humans, you know, I just love hearing your experience as a father because, you know, I I look up (laughs) to that and I just, I, I, I... I don't want them to experience some of the the traumatic things uh, that I did, you know? Yeah,
1: as much as possible. But, like, we're still humans. And, like, we're not going to be perfect either. And as much as we're trying to, you know, prevent them from experiencing the pain of of our pain, like, we're still not going to get it perfect. Like, there's going to be moments where it's like, You didn't eat lunch and you skipped it. You had a speaking gig. You had to rush over, blah, blah, blah. You get home. You're like at the end of your energy. And yes, and it's time to daddy now. And and you're going to, you know, but all we can do is keep working for transformation and be and be humble when we're not there. You know, that's really like the greatest gift we can give. And and self-acceptance is a part of that. Just to know that, hey, like. I'm giving it the best I have. And you got to be able to know that like that's that is what you're doing. It's work.
0: Yeah, you know, it's working just like going back to what we started with, just like painful like that, that recent experience with some family members where they just shared um, certain words and also silence, mm-hmm. which spoke louder than words mm-hmm. of just not affirming and accepting who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and that like I-, I chose to be with them on a holiday mm-hmm. and the pain came, you know, and I I- I, was, I I, chose to be vulnerable and I chose to share something with them about my queerness mm-hmm. that I've wanted to share with them for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's like, gosh, through that, like that painful experience, what I learned is the importance of boundaries. You know what I mean? I'm like, gosh, the boundaries. And also like my vulnerability, um, not everybody deserves it. Not everybody deserves a deep conversation or my full light. I was just giving away my light to anybody and Mm. just wanting to show up so vulnerable vulnerable to anybody because for so many years, I did everything except be vulnerable. And through the last three months, four months, I'm like, you know what, like, gosh, it was so painful. And at times it is, but what I, the the information that I've learned and how I can make new choices in the future, like it is a game changer. Like I, I feel like I've just stepped into this upgraded version of my Mm -hmm. life that I never knew was possible, Mm -hmm. like this awareness. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like another tool in my toolbox. I feel so much more equipped. And Mark, it was through something that I didn't know was going to be painful, but was painful. And knowing that like, that's life, you know, the, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think too, back to when we think about, I think you having that agency and the power. One of the things that you said that strikes me is when you said like, some people, you said they don't deserve your vulnerability. And I, I agree with that. And I also believe that there will be a moment in your life when you are so powerful and you're so settled that it won't be an issue of whether you are vulnerable or not. Like your, I don't even, because it's not like your walls. You won't have walls up, but you will be able to be vulnerable. You can give that gift of vulnerability to whoever and be it's not even a, an issue of resilience, but that you will be so grounded within yourself that some of that mm. silence and some of those voices, they will just be less disorienting. It still hurts when mm. people we love and want to love us and want to validate us don't for whatever reason. Like, And I can't speak to that. Like, I don't have that experience to be queer and to to have hidden for so long and then to have given this gift and to to have hoped for an experience that maybe didn't come i don't know all this the 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 specifics around what happened and what was said and what ha- and and how they responded but i do believe that there will be a luca in the future who can be as vulnerable as he chooses to be with whoever he chooses to be with and he won't be as disoriented by how they respond, because he knew he was giving his most beautiful present self to that moment, and just because they couldn't handle it, it was an issue within them. So I see that for you, and and I think that that's again that's a part of that maturity that we talk about, and that that you're on the path for, like you're doing that work.
0: Mm, I am just, I, I am the the the, the, the that. 90 seconds of this podcast, Mark, I am repeating it until I like build that belief in me because like, and as you were saying that my eyes were closed because I was just imagining, imagining that version of Luca and be like, yes, I know, I know there will be a day um, that, that, that that happens. And I just sort of look at myself like, you know, seven years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago to now, I would have never imagined showing up to any family with my nails painted my long ass acrylic (laughs) nails purple with glitter my bright colorful flowered shirt you know Mm -hmm. just like and just being like wow I never would have imagined that and look at where I am now and I do it like yeah this is me so that's just gosh you know and this is another reason like why having just a conversation with a friend is so important because they can remind you mm-hmm. who you are yeah. when you forgot or when you don't know that that's a part of you and and it's life is meant to be done in, in in community and mark I just like a gosh i just appreciate who you are and and just what you're doing with the kinship collective mm-hmm. like there's that word collective yep. like doing life in community mm-hmm. so like just i mean i I feel so connected and part of your collective in this conversation mm-hmm. like w- 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 why is the kinship collective so important to you i mean i feel the mission through who you mm-hmm. are as a human mm-hmm. but share a little more about that
1: i i just think about what we talked about like that's the the core of it is kinship this word that we are family and for me like there's been so many spaces in our recent history in the united states and I mean, all over the world, really, where we lose the we we forget that we all are made in the image of God. And to me, that means that like there's so much beauty and power and mystique and uniqueness in every single human being. The reason we forget is because many of us we've we've created coping mechanisms and ways of being in the world that don't include vulnerability. Because when I shared my story with my daughter. That's vulnerable for me. And you can think about me how you want as you hear this story. But for me, you know what it's like to be frustrated and to react in a way that is incongruent with who you want to be. That's not going to get you to where you want to be. And the more that and when you share your story of putting yourself on the line and maybe not being accepted by who you want, that for me, as we can share more of those stories, we resonate with one another like that's it. Like, no, 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 you might have $3 million and I might have not a million dollars. And at the end of the day, we are all humans having these same pain points, various things in our stories that create these pain points that we're all reacting to, trying to heal from, trying to transform from. But when we can be generous with those stories and come together and learn and really like gain imagination for, wait, that person can be vulnerable. Oh, maybe I can be vulnerable. Oh, that person is mm. queer and and celebrating their life. Maybe I can be too. This person has overcome these things. Maybe I can too. And for me, it's that creating space to share those vulnerable things that really remind us that you're just like me. I'm just like you. And that's really what we're about. And a structure that's collective where it's like every person's voice in this place matters, not just the people who have more power or more whatever like every person here matters that's what it's about Mm. come on (laughs) come on
0: Oh, Mark! This this time together has been so special. I I, I love podcasting for so many reasons. Mm. One of the reasons is just this little gem of this hour that will always be part of 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 of, 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 of your legacy, of our legacy that I can go back, that you can go wow. back, that anybody can go back to and listen yeah. and just be impacted by, like yeah, I just, I, I really believe that I'm going to be a podcasting or some form of podcasting for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life because just like recording or, or writing just the, 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 these, these things that we all feel like you and I are very different and we're very similar as we've learned in this conversation. Like you share, you like, you shared your experience about growing up with your dad and the things he did and the things he said. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you literally, uh, this explaining my life
1: exactly <laughs> exactly yeah the bass notes are very similar they don't come from the exact same situations but we're all carrying very very similar stuff that's exactly it we're kinfolk yeah come on man that's it
0: yeah okay well you know what like a question that i that i want to ask as we're finishing this up and Answer it as quick or as, as slow as you need. So when you think about, Mark, your current life as as as, as a, a father who shows unconditional love to his three daughters, to his beautiful wife, Karen, to his community, to strangers, like when yeah. you think about your wholeness of your life, what does living free to be a hundred percent you, what does that mean in your life?
1: Yeah, I- Oh, such a freaking good question! Um, I think for me that the 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 first thing that comes to my mind really is like uh, radical self acceptance. I think that for me, you know, there are ways that like I expect myself to be something that I'm not or more of something than I am currently, and like there's like these swirling expectations within myself. I I, I want to be like super super husband, super dad, all these like expectations. And I don't, they're not all terrible. Some of them are still like responding to pain. So pain is still that pain, that deep wound is still driving the train with that. And I don't want, I want love to drive the train, not like fear or reactivity. But for me, that radical self-acceptance allows me to like show up in any space to be courageous. Like vulnerability is a huge word that comes to my mind with that. And maybe that's actually even a, a the, the the better word. I forget the root of the question, but for me, it's, it's really about being f- accepting myself so much so that I can be vulnerable in any situation. Um, that gift that will create intimacy with the people closest to me, especially my partner, especially my children. So that's like my that's what I would say.
0: I love what you just said. It's like love is the driver versus pain being the driver, mm-hmm. or, the, or that you know traumatic experience, mm-hmm. and and it's so vulnerable to say that and to be a, a, to accept yourself enough to share what you shared earlier, Mark, mm-hmm. about the experience of you raising your voice with your daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, especially. Yeah, gosh. I just uh I know I could have a whole other conversation with you right now and I just I I I I just want to thank you so much. I just feel like a lot of gratitude um and just support. Like support like I said before ask and you shall receive. Like I was just asking, you know, for some some support with just some things that I'm experiencing with life and really just some, you know, dad dad things mm-hmm. dad a little issues yeah. or dad you know and it's just it's crazy you know you just you popped up you were a yes to this conversation so i just just thank you so much um I, th- this impacted me and i know it's going to impact one or more people
1: you're listening. so welcome man i'm so thankful you know to be thought of and to be invited into this space like i when you talked about podcast living out there and being able to document something or whatever like for me to be invited into this space where we're trying to be vulnerable trying to really be free and be uh embody freedom and like inviting people into that to me that's like a deep honor and I'm really really grateful that you would have me
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode I know there are so many podcasts out there in the world so you being here with me today means a lot I just want you to know that I hope something in this episode really helped you connect to your truth in a deeper way and you're leaving this conversation just a little more clear on who you are at your essence. Let's connect on Instagram. My handle is at Luca underscore Petrucci. That's L-U-C-C-A underscore P-E-T-R-U-C-C-I. And send me a message and let me know what really hit home with you. Talk to you soon, my friend sending you a huge hug of love.